Hello everyone, I hope you're doing well. I continue to hear how busy all of you are, so I hope your markets are busy. I hope there's plenty of opportunity out there for you and you are grabbing it with both hands. Just wanted to jump in before this episode to say that this is the second uh, of our monthly recruitment growth events that we're doing at Recruitment Mentors. They're completely free to attend. And in this event, we discussed if resilience can be trained or if people believe you already possess it. You always hear resilience on this podcast. You hear recruitment and resilience go hand in hand. But is it something that you can develop? Is it something that you can cultivate or do you already have it or do you not we're going to jump straight into the event audio it's not as good quality as the episodes normally are but the content is just as good i hope you enjoy it and hopefully we'll see you at the next monthly recruitment growth event so i guess to kick this off um, Ryan, I'm going to come back to you first, if that's okay. Yeah, go so on, let's, let's start with like, how, what does resilience mean to you? Firstly, how would you define it? And why do you believe it's important in recruitment? So it's a funny one. I've been, I said to you before, since we decided, you asked me to come and do this, I've been asking myself that question every day. And, and what does it mean to me? I've been through some traumatic things. So resilience to me means a different thing to lots of different people. And everyone has a different, I like to say, plate size of what they can deal with. So yeah. in, in recruitment, I'd suggest it's obviously dealing with the stress of a client or a candidate, getting business on and then downs and lows and highs. But I look at resilience as in going through some really traumatic stuff as a person and then be able to bounce back and recover from it and then also support other people. That's my view on resilience but everyone's different everyone's gone through different types of things in life so it's it's each to their own what someone else would call resilience i i would and this is one of the questions a bit further down um was about um i can't remember what it was about um dealing with um seeing uh, finding empathy on other people's mm. resilience as well which i struggle with sometimes because i've been through something quite tough and then i see other people not dealing with things and I'm like, where's your resilience? But I don't say that, but I think it. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Nicole, same question to you then. Like, one, what does resilience mean to you? How do you define it? And why why do you think it's important in recruitment? Um, some some things I think I align with Ryan on there. I, I, but for me, I think resilience is obviously all about developing that ability to sort of quickly and consistently just bounce back and grow from each challenge that you face. Um I guess it's that ability to always just pick yourself back up when you get knocked down, especially in recruitment. And I think you have to recognise and accept that the struggles are real in recruitment and getting knocked down is inevitable. But you've got to just keep learning from those challenges and resilience will develop and ensure that you just continue to grow and succeed in your career. But I think in recruitment, it is important to identify that resilience isn't just about gritting your teeth and getting on with it and just getting through it there has to be an intelligent approach to what you're doing as well so I think someone put it on one of my posts today about doing the same thing over and over and getting the same result isn't resilience and it's not mm. there has to be a level of strategy that helps you progress and resilience is great but it's got to be channeled in the right way so I guess it's about knowing how to control our emotions and in those difficult and challenging situations and when we're under pressure we do often react emotionally and then logic goes out the window and I'm, I'm guilty of that myself many a time in recruitment but we just need to be able to recognize what we can and we can't control and I think that's where resilience becomes really key you recognize the controllables and you learn to sometimes just accept the uncontrollables because you've been through experiences where you've had to develop that resilience and learn that you can't control everything but you find mm. the things that are within your control and you focus on those and that's what keeps you moving forward so for me I'd say that's why it's so important particularly in recruitment to to be resilient by nature love that tom last but not least what what does resilience mean to you how uh, do you define that important in recruitment it's critical quite frankly um and similarly to what said before um i think resilience is ultimately the ability to manage failure i think uh, in life in general um particularly nowadays people don't really like to talk about failure 
But I think if you are accepting of failure and, you know, every single day and every week, you know, the three of us, four of us, accept that um, uh, failure is just part of life. That's part of recruitment, unfortunately. Um, it's the only job in the world where your product ultimately can turn around and say, no, I'm not being sold today. Um, and you learn that very, very quickly. You know, people who sell houses, people who sell cars or sell whatever, um, their product does not say no. Um, and it can say no at any point, and it can even say no on the day that it starts um, as well. <laughs> so um, the ability to manage that, um, and me and my team actually had a similar conversation about candidate generation on Monday, because every man is dog uh, is struggling for candidate generation um, at the moment. But it's it's managing that, um, understanding that candidates, you know, necessarily aren't on a tree that you can go and pick. Um, and I, I think that's really resilience. It's not necessarily just the ability to keep going because yeah, definition of madness, is, as, as they said, is the, uh, doing the same thing, expecting different results. But, um, yeah, I think it's incredibly important. It's everything that happens in recruitment. It's, quite frankly, it's everything that happens in life, um, the ability to, to manage the ups and downs. Um, life is not easy. Yeah. Thank you. So, Nikong, when I come back to you, I'm going to ask you the sort of next question and, with everyone that's with us now, I, I found something that you may be thinking, okay, well, I would say I'm quite resilient. And there's been quite a few studies on this where sometimes people actually uh, over um, think the way they think that they're more resilient than they actually are. So that what I'm going to share with you all really quickly is um, something where you can actually take um, a resilience assessment and actually work out how resilient you are. So that's something that maybe you could do in your own time later that I think all of you could potentially find really useful to actually have a bit of an idea of like how resilient actually are you um, and where do you score on that? And it may sort of produce some gaps or areas that you could um, look at to improve. But Nicole, I want to come to you basically. So I guess, so we've spoken a bit about that. So how do you believe yourself then personally have you, how have you cultivated more resilience? Do you think like, how have you gone about that? Um, and then two, is it actually something that maybe you feel like you've actually always had that you've tapped into? Um, I personally, then obviously everyone's got different opinions on this. I personally think resilience comes from the mind and it is inherent in everybody, but whether people then choose to use or develop it really just comes down to that individual. So I don't think it's a, you have it or you don't have it trait. I just think it's a skill you develop through the experiences that you have. Like Ryan touched on it earlier about trauma in your life and things like that. And I do think the challenges you face throughout your life will develop that resilience and it is both a mental and physical physical strength with resilience so I think my personal resilience has definitely been developed through both my personal life experiences as well as my professional experiences um, mm. and I think it's become a lot more evidence in my performance my actions my achievements as my career has actually continued to progress later on in life than maybe earlier on where I maybe didn't take it as seriously um, but a lot, a lot is said about having a why. It's such a big topic, isn't it? And I do believe that that is massively linked to resilience. Like your reasons to continue with something must always be bigger than your reasons to stop doing something. And if you live by that, you can achieve pretty much anything. I didn't come up with that, by the way. I got that from um, <laughs> Ross Edgley with his amazing swim around the GP, like kind of world. Yeah, yeah. But like, but so you, so you really cultivated that. You've really made sure that you, you've got that anchor point of like, why am I doing this? Absolutely. Like, and these things, yeah. That's interesting. You, it's, it's so important because you're going to get knocked down a lot and you'll re you've got to know why you've got to keep going. So I think that that was one of my biggest lessons. I think more so in the last sort of five to 10 years where my why has become much more relevant, more important. And therefore, if I want to continue doing something, that's more important to me than if I stop doing what I'm doing. So for me, I think cultivating it and did I already have it? Yes, I think everyone's got it somewhere, but have I developed it? Yes, 100%. And I think that's down to identifying what's more important and having that why. And and definitely agree with Ryan, the more things you suffer in life and the more things you go through, the more your resilience will naturally develop to, as, as a result. Mm. So just quickly on that, Nicole, before I ask the other chats, like because uh, I think sometimes people can... can uh, can get really hung up on like one like really finding it hard to find like this concrete wine and like once you've got it you've got it sort of thing but has it has it changed for you has it evolved has that been 
yeah i think that's 100%. just an important thing for you to share yeah because it's never yeah. like because it's always like oh well, i don't know what i want to do with my life and like everyone's just waiting for this like perfect moment where everything is perfect but i think that why it can can change and can evolve but it's just important that you understand like you said you know why you're doing it and it's bigger than your reason for stopping so totally um, in the graduate market as well like we speak to graduates every day and you say to them like what your goal is three years now they don't have like like you're almost saying to them like you want to buy a house in three years don't you like they don't know and I look back when I was that age and go god I just wanted to have a good time in recruitment I wanted to work hard make money enjoy life whereas now my why's are so so different um because you experience different things as you grow older and, and different things happen in your life your why's become so so different but they become more important as well as a result so for me yeah. that that's quite a key thing to to really drive your resilience forward love that Ryan. let me come to you then how have you cultivate resilience you think personally and and or do you think it's something that you maybe have always had from growing up i sort of agree with nicole it's, it's i think everyone has some sort of resilience it just depends what you get tested on i think more both with your career and both with personal life it's depending mm. on your job i think as well and that running a business, that's obviously going to test you in so many different dynamics, not just doing recruitment as a sole role. And then if you become good at recruitment and become a team leader, then you'll have more resilience about looking after them team members. So these, I think you get different growths and resilience as you grow as a person, as your career does. Um, but yeah, do I think, it, yeah. Um, that's a funny one, isn't it? I don't know. For me personally, I, I've definitely grown resilience as having a business, getting into recruitment and being in sales my whole life and having to grit my teeth and get on with the job, so to speak. Mm. Um, and that's how I've learned resilience. But then in personal life, I've had some massive traumas happen to me, which means I've just got picked myself back up the floor, looked after mm. my mental health, found ways of getting back in, get on track and getting back into work and making the business work. So... That, that's how I see my resilience, how I've learned. And how it's got that, yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's how I see mine. When I talk to team members about their resilience, I think it's just that culture of like, this is how you deal with it. And again, the definitions of not doing something the same again is, yeah, if they're going for a difficult time with a particular client or something like that, is let's try a different time this way. And remember, we don't do it that way this time. We'll, you'll learn every time. I think that probably is learning resilience i don't know if i can teach it i don't know if i is teaching someone it actually but it's definitely every time something goes wrong let's try and fix it and make it better and i think that mm. probably is my definition of building resilience tom what about you what what comes up for you and how have you cultivated has it again been sort of professional and personal uh, circumstances you found yourselves in or yeah yeah a bit of both really i i, I mean um i suppose it ultimately comes down to what what you want in life is my opinion um mm. and for me you know i i moved into well fell into recruitment um but i you know i was a very shy well, not shy but I, I wasn't a natural phone person or sales person and i wanted to have a life that um uh that others didn't and uh to do that i had to put myself in a situation so i went and sold tel um uh, advertising space in the back of an NHS trade magazine for six months. Uh, sat on the phone, drove two hours there, two hours back. Um, worked for the guy that sat on a, a raised platform smoking his cigar. Uh, and the day I left, yeah. I left because he chucked his shoe at the girl next to me. So it's, oh um, and he was like 20 meters away. So, you know, resilience, uh, I think you, everyone has it, as, as people have said, in, intrinsically within them, but it's um, how you develop it. And you look for evidence within your life um, and ultimately to, to have um, to be successful. And that's not necessarily just in recruitment or money or whatever. Um, my wife, you know, she's had four children. She's extremely resilient, um, yeah. but she doesn't value you know, the, the money side of things or, or, or wants to be in business and things like that. So I suppose you have to be very careful in terms of equating resilience to material things or monetary things um on how far and how uh, how 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 far you get in life and, and business but um yeah it can be cultivated but it's within everyone it's just whether they decide to um to look for it and develop it and, and put themselves in comfortable situations but also knowing that if it is too uncomfortable to step back um and the dangers that it, that can cause yeah 
So we've, we've had a few comments here and we're going to start now sort of taking this conversation and look, all you three are business owners, you lead teams. And I think people are really interested in like, okay, well, you've spoken about yourselves and what you think has contributed to your own resilience, but how can we then, yeah, start trying to encourage our employees, colleagues um, on this journey as well? Because it's obviously so important. But I think this is a really interesting point that Nigel has put here where he said basically... <laughs> And I think this is really interesting where it's like, for me, it's about framing what actually is an up and what is a down. In recruitment, we can, we're guilty of only celebrating the placements as ups, but so many other points should be celebrated. And the downs, is, is a candidate dropping out really a down? Is that something that we should be perceiving as a down? So we should be learning from each experience, but should it should um, it should be seen as inevitable. It's about setting expectations. I think that's a really interesting point, isn't it? On like... Firstly, let's like understand. Okay, what are the highs in recruitment? What are the lows? And and our like, even our perception of that can impact, I guess, our resilience and how we bounce back on things. Yeah, I think we set our own highs and lows. Unfortunately, I mean, you hear the sh- uh, the phrase "champagne and razor blades." Um, mm. uh, and uh, yeah, I'm old school. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm of a background where 50, 60 phone calls a day, six o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock at night. Um, those that well doesn't exist anymore, thank God. But um, yeah, I think. It, it's not necessarily all about the deal. Um, some businesses are, are like that, but let's be honest, they're very much boiler room um, activity. Um, recruitment is a much more mature market. And there's another question on with from Neil about how do we manage um, or how do we look at uh, resilience? And uh, you know, some of the candidates that I've particularly seen come into the market over the last two or three years are looking at it from a different recruitment is now seen as an aspirational career. Um, and, the, the tactics and training methods of, of old are, are long gone, but uh, yeah, it's uh, candidates dropping out. Yes, it's bad, but it isn't the, the worst thing that can happen. You can learn from it. Yeah, for sure. So, so as we go into this, and Nicole, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to share a poll with you all, and it'd be great to hear your thoughts on this. Let's just, I guess, just ask this question um, on, look, do, do you believe that resilience um can be learned and, and taught, right? So I guess, Nicole, for you then, in building your own recruitment business, like how how do you feel like, what sort of helped you encourage your colleagues, team to be more resilient, do you think? What, what things have worked? How have you maybe taken them on a journey of learning to be more resilient? Like what comes up for you there? What things have worked, do you think? It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because I ran that poll on on LinkedIn about can resilience be trained and taught, and like over nearly three hundred people have voted, and it's sixty seven percent of people say yes, and and the rest say no, and it's quite an interesting one because it's quite a torn thought process. For me, I think I said earlier, it's inherent in everyone; we all have it. I think resilience can be learned, not taught. So when you're trying to cultivate it into your team, you have to be really aware of that. Like you can teach anyone anything, but ultimately it comes down to whether they want to learn it or not. So that's down to them, not not necessarily down to you. So we can teach and train what resilience is, but you can't then help make it happen. They've got to want to make it themselves. And that's where the why, I guess, comes in. But in terms of cultivating resilience within your teams, I think you've got to have a culture where it's okay to make mistakes. Um, I came from a culture that it was it was almost embraced like you've got to make mistakes to learn and develop and if you're not making mistakes you're not testing yourself you're not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone you're not trying like something new so don't be afraid to make mistakes because that's where your confidence comes from your resilience comes from helping people get comfortable with being uncomfortable I think is important Mm, as well like take yourself out of that comfort zone it's good for you to get out of your comfort zone because it will help build your resilience so creating an environment in which people can get comfortable in doing that is going to be key to developing and cultivating that resilience within your team so i think in recruitment i think that point is valid like we've got this belief that if it's a dropout it's such a bad thing and if it's if it goes in it's a great thing and we've created that ourselves but ultimately the, we are results driven by nature in recruitment so that's what we're aiming for but it's, it's the case of like if it didn't go your way that's all right as long as we know why and we learn from that and we're comfortable with being pushed and challenged throughout and that's I think where our resilience will be developed through our culture um, and when mm. we're building our teams which are predominantly graduates coming through into the team interesting yeah. Ryan what what about you then obviously you have a number of people that obviously you, the way that your business works you have franchisees and stuff like this and I'm sure you're you'll be communicating to them really early on how important it is that they're able to bounce back learn from things so yeah, how have you gone about cultivating it 
Yeah, it's like nobody rises to low expectations, is it? So it's setting them expectations of what they what they what they want and how they're going to go about it and what they want out of what they call let's call financial success because there's mm. lots of different successes in life, but a financial success. And then if that's their goal, which it generally is, if you're going to set up a business or be, be in recruitment, how are you going to get there? And that's only going to happen exactly from that is making mistakes and things going fucking wrong. Because when mm. things go tits up is when you learn, isn't it? And that's yeah. the thing, right, well, I'm going to do that again this time. I'm going to change it this time. I want to make sure I do that right the next time. And then guess what? Next time it goes a bit more right and things don't go wrong and you, you're covering your bases. I think maybe that is the teaching, isn't it? That is the teaching of resilience there is learning from your mistakes every time and, and then building on it from there. So okay. I guess with franchisees, we've never done recruitment before. It's teaching them, look, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. This it isn't gonna be easy. But and being calm with them and talking them through it to the next stage and look, that didn't go that way because of this. So next time we do this phone call, the next meeting we go to, we're gonna change it for this. I guess that's the way we teach resilience. Or yeah. it's it's doing the job, isn't it? Understanding there's ups and downs, it's like a roller coaster. Get used mm. to it, buckle in. That's what you signed up for. <laughs> and Tom, I want to bring this over to you, but I want to add something to it because I think this is my other question where I feel like the way that we're talking about is very much linked to what you hear a lot in recruitment, which is having a growth mindset, <laughs> not a fixed mindset. And that's very much linked to what we're talking about, right? And being able to, yeah, take a step back and go, right, okay, so that didn't work. I'm going to try this next time and these types of things rather than, um, yeah, deciding that like, oh, I've failed, so I'm not good at it and I can't do it sort of thing. <laughs> So I guess how, like, are you like, do you share Ryan and Nicole's thoughts on like, have you made in in your business, you made it aware that you can fail, we want you to fail, or it's we we want to create a safe place for people to be out of their comfort zone. Like, what comes up for you on cultivating this in your team? Hundred percent. I mean, there's a book called Black Box Thinking. I don't know if anyone else. Has Matt, that Matt side, yeah, it's a great um, book. It's a great book, and um, bizarrely, I mean, I, I'm me and my family are are, are direct. Um, uh, exp- well, we're, we're experiencing the uh, the failures of the NHS at the moment through a variety of things, and um, the way that they have dealt with failure, um, which is catastrophic failure, um, is is quite um, quite disturbing. Uh, they close ranks, they don't accept anything, they blame everyone else but themselves, um, mm. and ultimately they have got to a point whereby uh, the only uh, situation is that they can just sit themselves in the corner and and, and sort of bat away every problem. But yet. Yeah, if you accept that there is problems and accept there are failures um, and, and pick over them uh, and accept that that's the way it is, you will grow as a person, you'll grow as a, a professional. Um, the phrase that I always use is, is see the other so, uh, side of the coin or see put yourself in someone else's shoes. Um, mm-hmm. And ultimately, you know, when candidate, this is that example, candidates reject offers or clients decide to retain someone else or decide to use another recruiter exclusively. I always encourage the team to, to actually ask the question, if you're in their situation, why would they choose to do that? And as soon as you look at it from their perspective, you actually realise why your actions were not right or how what you could have done better. Um, mm. So, you know, look, it's, th- there are times where people do need a shake and say, look, this is, you absolutely screwed up here. Um, why have you done this? Um, but if it's a genuine mistake or there's nothing they can do, then, then so be it. It is what it is. Uh, no one's died. No, everyone's okay. Um, let's learn from it and move on. And I think the, you get less resilient people in a very blameless culture. Um, yeah. you, um, we've got a number of competitors that are like that. And I've interviewed candidates from those businesses and, and they're good recruiters, but I wouldn't take them into my business because they would just literally cause havoc um, and they're hiding stuff. So um, I would have rather have someone who's quite open and say that I've really messed up here. Um, mm. There's someone that pretending that everything's okay. And then unfortunately you find there's a, a hand grenade in the back pocket. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to, so I'm going to, I want to jump into audience questions here. And I think Tony's made a, it's, it's not quite a question, but I want, I'm gonna, I want to take a question from it. So I can bring it up on the screen so you can all see it. So Tony said, I believe that resilience is a quality which is developed over time. People learn from people and the emotive ways that others react to bad news is often picked up and replicated as being the way we should react. I knew a recruiter always used to throw his paperwork, phone and anything else across the office when he got bad news. <laughs> Guess what? that display of anger is quickly replicated uh, by the newer team members. So the question I have for you 
because I'm sure you've all seen this firsthand. I definitely experienced it in an office of like eight, which then became like 12 people recruitment business, where you know when someone's had shit news and then they let it ruin the rest of their day, right? You just know it. You can feel it. It's a bit awkward. Like, you're like, oh, should I stay away from them? So I guess the question is, Nicole, I'm going to come to you. For people that you sense are maybe having a hard time doing the things that we're talking about and maybe react in a way that isn't, one, um, helping themselves, but isn't helping the team. How do we deal with that? How have you dealt with that in the past out of interest? It's a tough one, isn't it? Because um, emotion is quite high. I think um, Tom touched on it earlier, our products people at the end of the day. So it is quite an emotive industry that we're in. Um, I think it's about educating people on taking control over what they can and what what and leaving what they can't and what they can control are their actions and their attitude um and you need to try and drive quite a solution focused mindset because dealing with it that way isn't resolving the situation the situation is still what it is that that is that has happened but dealing in that way isn't going to resolve it i remember years ago i was in a, a recruitment team where so that exactly situation happened but it was worth like thousands in commission for them so I could understand the reaction they're pretty much smashing their computer up at the time but it didn't resolve the situation and what I was trying to say to them was like I totally get why you're reacting that way I'd be livid myself like that's a lot of money but you have to try and now fix it like spend the rest of the day like this isn't resolving anything ultimately there must have been other candidates in the pipeline that were close or were really good or there were people that come through on your ad that you haven't spoken to yet because you thought you filled it you've got to find a solution you need to get back onto that client you need to get that retained and get that filled and get your money back and when you start to find a solution and start to rechannel that focus and remove the emotion and start driving the logic then you can start to channel the the motivations back in the right way but everyone's entitled to have a little bit of a moment yeah can't we? like that's you've accepted it I'm, I'm with you I understand but then it's like right let's channel yeah. instead of letting this ruin the rest of our day yeah so just to evolve this a bit Tom I'm going to come to you just to evolve this a bit because of what you said around the way that you're thinking about your business moving forward I'm just curious mm. what does that look like in a remote hybrid world where do you know what I mean I think that's interesting like how do you spot that how do you see that and then potentially help them channel that energy that Nicole was just mentioned out of interest. Yeah, look, I mean, it is a difficult thing to, to manage remotely. I certainly learned a new set of skills over the last 18 months. Um, yeah. I think for me, you know, as a business, we have two uh, Zoom meetings, a, a town hall catch up a week. And it's how people present themselves in those meetings. Um, and, you know, people have bad weeks. But also the, the other thing is, is honesty. You know, we, we go back to that. Um, you yeah. know, I think a lot of anger and, and, and frustration comes when people aren't honest with themselves. Um, I mean, I have no problem, actually, with someone doing that. But um, as long as it wasn't all day, every day, um, I think um, if someone – I've had people before who have done similar things. That, you know, it's, I'm sure I've mm. – the thing is now they're just going to be disrupting their whole family as like you can see the way people are you know i've learned how to read teams messages you've learned how to you know i suppose it's more important about checking in with people and and yeah yeah uh the mental health side of things and um almost normalizing failure um remotely um and Mm. the thing that we sort of looked at uh, we're starting to look at is actually do league tables actually perform any de- is there any real positive intention behind league tables do you need them um what's mm. the intention for someone smashing it to, to you know someone's not doing great do they really need to be told every week they're not doing great on a league table i think they understand <laughs> what their billings are if they don't then they're probably in the wrong job so um it's a difficult one it is a difficult one. There's no right answer. But um, I think as long as when people are talking to their colleagues or when they're in group chats, they're respectful, um, they're you know friendly um, and honest with themselves, um, it, it isn't for everyone, the, the, the way we're structured. But it, uh, ultimately, if people yeah. are in offices and, and, and peacock up and down, um, then they need to go and work for other businesses, quite frankly. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, yeah, I guess, I guess the point there is you're gonna have, you just have to be way more intentional conscious of like when you need to check in find out but as you said your culture and the business you're building is look we all need to be honest with each other and that's why we're doing that which is obviously an important factor to that but i was i was curious um so yeah so ryan i'm gonna i'm gonna get your thoughts on this so um parallel has 
um, added this. And I'm just going to add a bit more context to this because I think this is a bit more of a coping mechanism that might be useful for people, which I'm going to just show on the screen, which is basically to desensitize to yourself, can't um, get my words out, to like the highs and lows. And I think that is a good coping mechanism, I think, is like when the highs are really high, like I think some people, and you definitely learn this early on in recruitment, like not to be like, oh my God, right, I'm going to buy all this stuff this month or like just get really swept away with the highs. And when the lows are lows, um, maybe not to let that affect you as much. So I guess, Ryan, the point here is, what do you it's think a, of that? It's, of, it's expectations again, though, isn't it? Straight into yeah. expectations. Expect things are going to go wrong. Expect that mm. things are going to go really well. And don't be walking around opening bottles of champagne and dancing on the success <laughs> when you get a good deal in. But then don't Friday go, afternoon. Yeah, yeah. But then don't jump out the window when things go wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, yeah, yeah. So I think, Peru, what you said there is a really good point. It is like, yeah, when, yeah, I think that's a good coping mechanism of like, okay, I am going to enjoy this, yeah. but let's not get carried away here and let, yeah. So I think that's an interesting one, isn't it? And I, think, yeah. I think that's a bit of a maturity as well, though, as you've been doing mm. it for a while and you've learned, wait a minute, if I, if I go around walking around like King Dick at the minute, I know next week when things go wrong, I'm going to be sat there crying. <laughs> So I'd better just yeah. be careful and watch yourself. They're the yo-yo billers, aren't they? Really? Yeah. They're the ones yeah. who feel big in there and feel small. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I want to come to our next point. There's a few other questions that the audience have submitted that I want us to get through, but I want to make sure we answer Neil's question here. So, Nicole, I want to come to you again. Sorry, I keep coming to you first <laughs> to these questions. But you, you were perfectly placed for this, but I'm keen to hear Ryan and Tom's thoughts on this because one of the questions I had for both of you guys is I guess just what you're seeing in the quote unquote younger generation. Like, do you feel they are more resilient? Do they think they do have as much resilience as maybe you feel like you had when you were growing up? Not sure, but like how, how can we start? Obviously a lot of recruitment businesses are hiring. They want to build their own talent. And this is Neil's question. So how can you test or see if candidates for your own business have resilience? If they don't have maybe prior life experiences that they had to go through, like what 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 what's your thoughts on that, Nicole? How can we identify resilience in people for our teams and for for our businesses? Um, I think it's an interesting one because you said yourself, like, is is the younger generation like uh, entering the recruitment industry like less resilient? And mm. I don't think it's that they're less resilient. I think that potentially they're less patient. Um, they've grown up mm. in a society where instant gratification is just the norm for them. So they don't have to wait for long to get much these days. So you've got Google, Alexa, Siri, Amazon, Alexa, you got everything. It's quite quick. Everything's very quick. And that's become part of their life. And then you go into recruitment, it's so different where it's such a deferred gratification state. It's like you've got to wait and patience is really key. And that's where you, you need to dig deep for that resilience to keep going. Um, in terms of the younger generation being resilient, I, I think, again, it comes down to the individual. People people who faced sort of challenges earlier in their life have obviously learned and developed their resilience at a younger age than those that have not maybe faced so many tough challenges going through life. So I think the challenge you've then got is those that haven't experienced those same challenges do find it harder to showcase their resilience. It doesn't mean they don't have it or can't develop it. It's just that they don't have the ability to convince others they've got it yet because they may not have been tested in the same way as others. So they haven't had that. I mean, a lot of my tests in resilience have come later on in my life rather than early on in my life. So if someone asked me that question, how would I prove it? Or I played, played hockey or I did football refereeing. It's not a huge test of resilience, is it? But mm. you don't really get massive. Some people have those tests and then they're able to showcase it a lot younger. So testing it in an interview process is quite tough. I think you obviously have to ask for examples of where they've demonstrated resilience or they've faced failure or they've come out up against challenges and it's less about what those things are and more about their process of how they dealt with them how they got through them how they overcame them what they learned from them more importantly but you can't always test it in an interview um, you've just got to really identify where have they come from what's their journey and what do they really want like do they know what they want where they want to go and then we can only really test the competencies but I think it is hard to test in the younger generation but you can ask the right questions but you're only going to get a certain level which is why I think a lot of the questions set when we're interviewing graduates is much more about their past and where they've come from what their journey's been like to really understand 
where they where the challenges have been um, and how they've dealt with those moving forwards. Mm. But it is a tough one for graduates coming because not everyone has experienced challenges mm. at that age. And and how do they then showcase their resilience? It doesn't mean say they're not. Mm. They just haven't had the chance. I think, to I think the point I make from that is, I guess, and Tom, I'm going to ask you, like, how you, I guess, try and look for this in people you hire for your business. But I think the point I took from that really quickly is, yeah, I guess what you, it's back to what all of you said of around like getting really good at understanding what works, why it didn't work, taking that on board, moving that forward. And if you're speaking to younger people coming to the recruitment industry and they're going, I didn't achieve this because of that, or this didn't happen because that happened to me. And it's a bit more of a point in the finger and not taking responsibility to saying this is what I would have done differently. Then that's maybe something that, yeah, would go, mm, not sure if they, is that something that they do have resilience on from what you said, but Tom, what, what comes up for you? How do you try and identify resilience? Actually, I think that's a great point, Hashem, about, really about um, the, the, when you, I've interviewed so many people over the years, but, you know, even at graduate or trainee level, um, I think that there is a lot of um, people who are quite happy to sit there and blame other things for why they yeah. stop doing stuff. I think that would always be, well, it would always be a red flag for me. Um, yeah, I mean, people don't necessarily, it's not like an X Factor final where someone's had a sob story. Um, you know, it, 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 you don't expect that every person you interview or every person you offer a job for. But for me, it's doing things outside of education. You know, graduates um, and trainees now are so well prepped for interview. They know exactly what to say, when to say it, how to say it. They know to mirror interview. Um, and, mm. yeah, whenever I... people like Nicole... Yeah, yeah, no, no, and, and, <laughs> but it's fair play to them. But you just try and get them onto a normal level, yeah. and you talk to them about stuff outside of their education. You know, I would look for someone who's, um, you know, who's, who's tried uh, to become, you know, Nicole said about football coaching or football uh, refereeing. Uh, it, that for me would be a great thing if someone's willing to do something outside of their in their free time to a, a decent level. They have to put some time and effort into it. Um, that mm. would show resilience if they're not being financially rewarded for it or it's not going to get them along if they're doing it for a passion then I would personally be very interested in that type of person so that's what I would look for not necessarily someone who's uh, solved the Middle East peace process or has got a, a cure for um, hunger um, you know it, it's it's very easy to be dismissive of mundane things but uh, for me I'd be very interested in someone who was I don't know, grade eight on the piano or something like that. Nothing to do with recruitment, but it shows a, a, a commitment and a level of um, mental toughness to continue doing something for uh, a passion uh, yeah. rather than any mon monetary gain. So, yeah, it's um, – but uh, so I wouldn't say that the younger generation are in any way, shape, less resilient. Yeah. I think that in many ways life now is much more complicated than um, – when I was uh, entering the world of work, um, you know, social media is a, um, yeah, Christ. Um, I would, yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah, even know, know, know to start with that. But yeah, it's uh, <laughs> well, given the bad yeah. press. Ryan, what what comes? Kind of, there's there's. Um, I'm really interested to sort of segue into when we think maybe. Yeah, I'm going to ask some questions around maybe when resilience might be a bad thing or knowing the difference between sticking it out or having resilience. But Ryan, what obviously you're you're speaking to people that are trying to be part of your business, um, growing the Tesla franchise. So like, how do you try and identify resilience? Is it some of the similar things that Nicole and someone yeah, said or anything I, to add? Or I, I wrote down self care. Um, because okay. I, I, I look for an emotional intelligence as well. So mm. don't just, that's just me and my culture, the way I run my business. I like to people to get on my page. I'm quite emotionally intelligent that way. So when I'm talking to someone, I'll ask questions about what they do in the, in the personal time. Is there any? I'll try and dig deep into that sort of. That's just my me and how I look at it. But I completely agree with both Nicole and Tom about how they do it. You know what they're looking for as well at the same time, but. I think when someone has that self-care or they talk about emotionally about themselves, sometimes they've definitely been through some sort of resilient, had some resilience tested there, I think. So that's mm. what I look for. So, so the question I want to ask now actually came from um, Paro as well. I've just put it in the chat. But basically, so this is, I guess, maybe just some advice for, for people that listen to this back or with us now, where it's like the scenario that Paro gave is like, basically, if you find yourself in a tough role, um that maybe in a not so good company how do you know the difference between like deciding to stick it out and build resilience versus maybe potentially damaging your mental health or like stepping away 
So Tom, I'm going to ask you that, like what comes up for you on that? Like when, I don't know, anything, any points or maybe advice or things to think about when you might be thinking, right, am I just being maybe a bit stubborn here and this isn't actually serving me and it's actually being damaging or should I actually continue to stick it out and be resilient? What it's comes a great question. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant yeah. question. And, you know, I can relate it to myself, actually. I mean, I had mental health problems. Um, I, I remember standing in the field at six o'clock in the morning, my three dogs looking at me crying my eyes out because I'd built a business that I hated, uh, quite frankly. Um, I had everything but nothing. And um, I was the definition of that. I just continued and continued and doing it, you know, the big ass, fast cars and all the rest of it. And Mm. holidays, everyone thought I had everything. But um, it was because I was too resilient because I just kept going and going and going. I had this uh, life that I thought everyone would want. But when you get there, you think you've reached nirvana, but you've reached hell. So, um it, you know, yeah, resilience is um, it is a great thing to have, but you can go too far. And my advice to anyone, you know, never do anything that makes you un- desperately unhappy. If it, yeah. if, it, if it makes you that unhappy in recruitment, then recruitment's not for you, to be blunt. Mm. Um, and recruitment is really tough. Um, the attrition rate is, 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 will, will never come down no matter what happens, but it's not for everyone. But it's a fine line. Everyone has, I think, um, I can't remember said it earlier on, but everyone has different levels of resilience. And I think that's the critical thing that I've learned, particularly during the pandemic um, within my team. You know, there are certain individuals that I've just said, look, guys, you need to have some time. Go away. Um, you know, mm. just turn your phone off, turn the computer off and just be with your family. Because there's there's no good that can happen by them sitting on, on the phone or doing any more work. Um, and... That is a, a very difficult thing, but if they're not at the point where they can understand it themselves, then they've gone too far. Um, mm. It's yeah, it's it's a tough one, but if you too resilience is 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 just as 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 bad as as not enough. Yeah. So yeah. Ju- just on this, Tom, because uh, you thank you for sharing that with us. So I guess the question I want to ask you, I guess I'm just trying to unearth maybe what could I guess help people prevent themselves finding themselves in that maybe really painful spot. So I guess if you were, if you were to think about it in hindsight, what do you think you would maybe do differently or maybe say to yourself that you think could have had an impact on preventing you getting to that place of like on the field with your dogs, like what, like, Oh my God, I like, what, how have I got here? Sort of thing. Like, is there anything maybe you would have done differently? Do you think that could have prevented you from getting to that position? Um, yeah, I, I think it, it um, living a, a life or uh, developing a life that um, wasn't what was true to me uh, was what okay. the perception of what a recruitment business owner should be um, rather than actually what I should, what I really wanted. Um, and mm. when you aren't your true self, I suppose, or if you're not honest with your, um, with your purpose and what others have said and, and your values, um, then you become a, a very unhappy person because you are living a false life. Um, and I think there is a, unfortunately in recruitment, there's a lot of, if you spoke to most business owners, I reckon you'd probably find a very, very unhappy bunch um, who were living lives that um, they are supposedly wanting to, to, or what they think they should be doing, wearing those Rolexes, driving those fast cars and, you know, everything's on uh, the never, never. Um, yeah. It's just a load of, so, so basically, yeah. So what you're saying there is actually it's a bit of self-awareness. It's a hang on a minute. Who am I doing this for? Am I doing this because trying to impress other people? Intrusive these types of things. And it's, yeah, it, yeah. And it's really interesting. I listened to a podcast today and um, they were talking about this sort of stuff. And there's this famous blogger that got published by a lady who basically has interviewed like thousands of people in their deathbed. And she asked them like mm. one of the questions, which is what, what one thing do you regret in life? And the, the most common answer was not living to uh, a life that's true to yourself. So like that's, yeah. So thank you for, for sharing that. And I think um, by more people talking about that, it hopefully give them space to ask those questions. Like, why am I doing this? Who is this for? Um, so, so Nicole, we're going to take this. I want to get your thoughts on and, and likewise, Ryan, the other question to this, um, a chap called Lawrence shared this, with us and I think this could be really apparent for people right now so the other part I guess on the, the resilience piece is does being resilient blind you from understanding whether something is worth carrying on or not and the context that I want to get your thoughts on is I guess maybe right now I continue to hear recruiters say they've got loads of jobs they've got loads on and it can be really easy to find yourself just absolutely just work until 8 9 p.m because you know there's just so much opportunity there to do deals placements etc 
So what comes up for you there maybe where we could be a bit blinded by this is just what we do, I've got to do it, to then having a good understanding of maybe when to stop or refocus or I don't know, what comes up for you on that? Um, that's a good question. I think I, I read this somewhere once that they've said there's nothing resilient about suffering without a strategy. And Love that. you yeah. should really... If you're going to go for any sort of pain, you need to have some sort of strategic management around that pain. Um, I think a lot of us experienced that last year uh, through COVID. It was a painful process uh, in recruitment for the majority, I think. And you, you've got to weigh up, is the pain worth it? Have you got a good enough strategy around why you're doing it and what you want from it? So I think for me, it's it comes down to that, that you've got to you've got to have a clear strategy and and if if the pain's too much then it's it's not it's not the right thing for you yeah i love that suffering without a strategy i, th I think that's great karen just put i love that i think that's such a really well put there um ryan what comes up for you because obviously you're in the the healthcare world right so i'm sure you're mad busy your franchisees yeah. your, your employees have got great opportunities to do really well at the moment but then it's like, yeah, where where can we stop? Are we too busy? What are we doing? Like, I don't know what comes up for you on that, on being blinded by resilience and just yeah, doing the work. It's, it's a really good thing what, what Nicole just said, but I think it is that. It's what you're going. And then talking about the Tom is your identity as well. What is it you are as a person and what is your mm. goal and what do you stand for to make sure you, why you're doing the business? It's not just to make loads of money or is it why am I doing this and what am I creating in my business? That's what I've jumped out to me just listening to both those two. Um, yeah, it's, it's happiness and yeah, I'm trying to put it into words exactly, but I think that's it, exactly that is, is what is my goal and why am I doing it and, and mm. not just not just monitoring if that makes just doing it, sense. Yeah, yeah you know, stuffing without strategy, but you know, as long as I know that the goal is there and what I want it to be and how am I going to go about doing it, then yeah, I think it's worth going through that resilience piece and learning that how deep you got, you have to dig deep and how, you know, how deep you have to dig basically. So as we, as we come to the end here, what, what I want to do, I'm, there's um, a two more polls that I want to share with everyone that, that's still with us. Um, but Tom, I want to come to you and I want to hear sort of everyone else's thoughts and we'll sort of leave it there unless anyone else has any questions. But I guess the, the question is, Tom, like what would be your, I guess, free top tips? We really like sort of free top tips at recruitment mentors. Like what would be your free best tips on someone that's here with us today or listens to this back that does want to get better at bouncing back, cultivating more resilience or learning to be more resilient? What what would your advice or tips be for me as a recruiter that is really keen to perform consistently, bounce back consistently? Don't overthink things. It's probably my biggest tip. Um, mm. <laughs> yeah. He can get you in a very dangerous place overthinking things um, and uh, look for evidence in the, everything you've done previously. Um, people can, yeah, I've got people who work with me, uh, people who left the business, gone to other companies that have not really believed that they've got that ability to, to carry on. Um, and they, they, there's evidence in everyone's life. It's just whether you're willing to, to, to look for it. So I think really they're the only two. As long as you've got um, willingness to um, to keep trying and putting hard work as well, um, resilience is just not going to come through doing very little. Um, but yeah, it's life is tough and uh, you just have to keep going, And um, but not too much that you put yourself in a dangerous place. Mm, okay. Nicole, we've had a question I'm going to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> you keep doing this I know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So, because I, I just think you're in a really unique spot here. So, like, the question is, Ricardo's put it, so understand how looking at someone's personal achievements can give you a good understanding about what you can expect. But it's also true that in some cases, people with no prior achievements can turn things around and excel. What can you do to predict this? That's, that's the question, isn't it? Like, how can you predict that? Yeah, I mean, you can't predict anything, really. You can you can have a plan and then you need to keep uh, adapting that plan to make sure you achieve your desired result. But I think it probably comes back a little bit back 
what Tom said is it's all the things that you've done so far in your life, not mm. just necessarily academic achievements, but the things outside of that. Like, what kind of person are you? Are you someone that really challenges yourself, puts yourself out there, tries new things, and give things a go or not? Um, so you, it, predictions aren't, aren't really there, are they? Um, but the reality is it's, it's about what else have you done and what else do you want to do as well? Sorry, I would say it's attitude as well. Uh, I've got a reference, uh, a guy who used to work yeah. for me. Um, uh, he was with us uh, about four or five years ago. He was carrying nine lives, just kept going and going and going. Couldn't get a deal <laughs> for the life of it. And I was like, he's going to be a recruiter. He's going to be a recruiter. He's going to be a recruiter. For a variety of reasons, not for me, he left. Anyway, three months later, he then went to a, a, a very big London finance-based recruiter as a graduate um, with nine months' experience with us. He has smashed it, absolutely smashed it. Um, and he's he's doing extremely well, still keeping contact with him. But, you know, he would be, you know, his attitude every day, would come, mm. you know, he could get told to fuck off 20 times a day before he would come back in the next day, pick up that phone and keep going and going and going. So for me, that would be, you know, that's prediction of success attitude yeah nice so ryan back to the what would be your best tips advice on how if i'm someone that wants to cultivate more resilience learn to be more resilient what comes up for you what what three top tips would you give me i've just put self-care extreme downtime and uh, keep working on my attitude they're the things that i would do if you could have good resilience there's going to be that's emotional so the time you're not in work, you need to be looking after yourself and practicing good self-care. That, that's what I would suggest to anyone, though. But, yeah, that's that's what I would think. Nice. Right, so self-care, attitude. Yeah, keep that. Well, 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 you're going to get a good attitude from having self-care and making sure you're having good downtime. So even if you're not doing downtime, practice, yeah. yeah, just getting out, doing something that's got absolutely nothing to do with work so that when you come back to it, you're fresh-faced. That's what I would Yeah, nice. And then Nicole, I won't give you any uh, more questions, I promise. What what about for you? What comes up for you? For two, three top tips on how we can learn cultivate to be more resilient. I think um, having a why is definitely mm. one. Um, definitely for me, knowing why you want to do something and why that's so important to you. Um, being solution focused is another one um, because I think that helps you sort of stay logical um, rather than let emotion take over, which I think was probably my biggest lesson in recruitment is emotion took over far too many times. Um, and now it actually is quite a logical process when you think about it. Um, and the last one, I think self-care is important. It's like managing your mindset, um, really managing that and not losing focus on what's important to you as a person um, and not getting overwhelmed by the industry because there is never a moment where you couldn't be doing something in recruitment. You're always, there's always something to do um, and it's hard to switch off. It's hard to take you away. I'm the worst for it, but ultimately mm. it's, it's managing your mindset um, for yeah. me. That, that's absolutely key. I love that. So having a why, managing your mindset and really get good at being solution focused. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, look, I just um, thanks everyone that's continued to stay with us the whole time. Just want to say a huge thanks, Ryan, Nicole and Tom for, yeah, sharing, being vulnerable, sharing sort of their own experiences. But um, thank you so much for your time and uh, really enjoyed discussing such an interesting topic. So um, a big thanks for, for all of you to join and a big thanks to everyone that joined us. So um, thanks a lot. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you very much. Yeah.